uh, just hearing anything, not hearing no booze. It almost really seemed like it wasn't taking place in Brazil. <laughs> right. Um, to be uh, pretty uh, loud and uh, rambunctious, so it was it was definitely odd. So I guess we can just start by talking about your thoughts on that. I guess. Yeah, you know, um, and a lot of people compared it to like the prelims that go down in Vegas and stuff. But kind of how you hit the nail on the head, where it's you know it was in Brazil, and we're so used to a certain type of atmosphere whenever the UFC goes to Brazil, and, and that was obviously lacking. Um, I thought it was definitely a little bit weird. But I didn't think it was as weird as I thought it would be. You know, there were yeah. there were definitely long stretches where um, I think while the fight was happening, I forgot that there were no fans. But when the uh, announcer, when Joe Martinez was announcing their names or when during the walkouts and there was no there was no sound and no fans going crazy. That's the only time it really like hit me that, wow, there's, there's really nobody in there. But when the fights were happening, I, I, I kind of forgot about it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of found, like, I found when they were doing the, uh, like, right after the fight, they announced the winner and all that. It was really weird. Like, no, usually, like, if a, an American wins on Brazil soil, there's booze and not hearing any of that was extremely unusual. Um, what were your thoughts on the fights overall? Like, uh, I mean, I was ridiculously impressed with Gilbert Burns. Uh, I knew he was legit, but knocking out a veteran like uh, Damian Maya was uh, super impressive. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was that was very impressive by Burns. Um, yeah. As far as the as far as the fights themselves, you know, I thought that you know, especially for a card that had so many decisions to get things started you know we had nine decisions in a row i thought it was pretty good when you consider that there weren't any finishes um amanda rebas looks like a future contender she's a monster brandon moreno picked up a, a big win against juicy formigo and now he's you know at the very top of that division uh with not too many names ahead of him if any for a potential yeah. title shot um i was you know, not necessarily rooting for or against him, but I wanted to see Johnny Walker in a second and third round fight and seeing, you know, what happened against Krylov. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think he was exposed a little bit uh, and in a different way than he was exposed by Corey Anderson. But I think over the long, I think I think this fight helped him a lot more than, you know, the Corey Anderson fight did where it was just yeah. a firefight right from the jump and he gets finished early in that one. Um, Moicano dominating. That was very impressive. I'm interested to see him at lightweight. And then uh, the, the winners of the co-main and, and main event. I mean, just dominant stuff. Really, really impressed by Gilbert Burns and Charles Oliveira. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Hinata Moicano now, is, he was top 15 at featherweight. What do you think could be next for him? I mean, I, I love a fight between him and Felder. I think that would be exciting. But uh, it's almost... Some people could say it's a bit much of a jump there at uh, 155. Um, is there anyone else there that you think would be a better matchup for him? Or yeah, I mean, there's it's 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 interesting because you know it's possible that just based on lack of options, we could have a situation where Charles Oliveira um, is the one fighting Paul Felder again. Like it just there's so much going on at the top of the division. 
it a lot depends on what happens at UFC 249. If we even get that fight, we yeah. also have to wait and see what happens with Connor. Is he going to fight Gaethje or not? Like, there's a lot of moving pieces. Um, another fight for Moicano that would interest me would be an ally Quinta. I think that could be that could be an easy. Um, an easy fight to make if there's nothing else going on. And I Quint has been struggling to find an opponent uh, and get a fight booked as well. Yeah, there's, but there's a lot of the fighters that are ranked in the lightweight division are like, they're kind of matched up like sort of at this point, or yeah. they're kind of in the wait and see spot, like a Gaethje or an Oliveira or obviously Connor, which obviously Mokano wouldn't get that fight, but there was, you know what I mean? But there's, there's a lot going on at lightweight, but at the same time, it's like kind of standing still as far as what could potentially happen next. Yeah, it's 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 unusual, especially for the the lightweight division, for it to just be at a standstill. Um, I always find that there's always matchups to make at top fifteen, but um, I feel like a lot of those guys are coming off losses, like Paul Felder and Ayakinta, um, and they they might be perfect for that rebound or looking for a rebound against someone like Moicano, uh, who's definitely ultra dangerous. Um, how about, uh, what do you feel about Gilbert Burns and Damian Maya? What do you think could be next for those guys? Um, obviously there's a lot of rising contenders now at 170 with guys like Kiesa, big win over Dos Anjos, as well as, um, um, what's his name? Uh, Jeff Neal, who, uh, yeah. knocked out Mike, Mike Perry, um, two brand new faces there could be, could be waiting for him. Or do you think, uh, bigger name it could be waiting for Gilbert Burns um he's calling out uh Woodley who I don't believe should be taking that fight uh personally I think uh Colby is probably the better suited fight for him if not the rematch or the the rebooking of Leon Edwards but what do you think should be next for Burns and as well as Damian Maya yeah you know it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to predict right now because of what what happened with the fight that was supposed to happen on Saturday. Yeah. If that fight happened, then we would have a lot of clarity in the welterweight division on what could potentially happen next. But now, I mean, I, I'm a big Leon Edwards fan, but now the fight to make is clearly Tyron Woodley and Colby Covington. Like, that fight yeah. has to get booked now. And, and it leaves Leon Edwards, you know, on the outside looking in. But at the same time, I feel like Leon Edwards should be no more than one fight away from a title shot. Yeah. So, it is is Gilbert Burns the type of opponent that he could that Leon Edwards could fight and that could propel him for a title shot? I don't know. Is that is it maybe Wonder Boy for for Leon Edwards? You know, maybe that fight gets him a title shot. It's and then after that, I think that you have to start at the top of the division and kind of work your way down. And without knowing that, um, it would be tough. I mean, I think the ideal situation, if I'm being honest, would be McGregor fights Masvidal, Edwards gets a title shot, and then you book um, Tyron and Colby to fight the winner of Leon Edwards and Kamara Usman. And then you book you book in whatever fashion Stephen Thompson, Gilbert Burns, Dame, um, sorry, Michael Chiesa, and Jeff Neal, the four of them, you book them in with like two different matchups. I think that that could create some buzz. Um, but it's it's so hard to to predict what can happen next. We just don't know what they're going to do at the very top of the division. Yeah, it's yeah, and th and, th and this weight is making it definitely way more complicated because uh, who Good knows? Point. It could be it could be six months out before. Uh, 
we potentially see a title fight. Who knows how long this is going to be? Um, you know, they're predicting 18 months before they even come up with a solution for uh, coronavirus. Uh, hopefully there's matches before then, but uh, who knows? Who knows how it's going to all play out? Um, it just seems like lightweight division's been is, is a mess right now because there's a, a bunch of contenders and the same that goes with welterweight. Um, so I have no idea how they're going to rearrange that and rebook it. And um, I'm hearing uh, that um, they had to cancel uh, the Barclays Center, so that's no longer an option. Uh, for UFC 249, so who knows where they're going to take it, whether it be overseas. Um, I know Dana posted a picture of uh, the, the fight on the moon, and that yeah. might actually be the only solution here. Uh, there, there's got to be some like billionaire with a private island that no one's been to since this whole thing started that they can host the fight. I mean, like that, there, that's got to exist somewhere in this world. Yeah, yeah. The problem is, how is it going to get sanctioned? Um, that's true. But... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, somewhere like Saudi Arabia or Qatar, they might be able to, maybe able to swing something. Um, the only issue there is, uh, is an event like that worth putting um, putting on if there's not going to be anybody in attendance. Uh, I just find like I have no idea. Like that 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 fight's been so jinxed. Um, so I, I want to see it regardless if there's no one in attendance. I just don't know if it's really worth it or if it's worth waiting waiting it out. Um, but I'm just glad I'm not Dana White. Yeah, and, and interesting, something that I'm looking to is, you know, if that fight does happen, let's say on April 18th we get Habib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson and they fight. How many fights are they going to have on that card? Is it a situation? Are we going to have a situation where that's the only fight of the night where like they just make that fight happen and kind of like don't do anything else? Or do they have just like a main card and kind of like nix the prelims? Like, what does that look like? And I, I mean, who knows? I would imagine that they want to keep it to the least amount of people as possible to not have it go too crazy. But does that do we get a full card or I have no idea whatever they decide I'm it's a crazy story it really is yeah yeah I I have no idea how it's gonna play out but uh, I mean I'd still pay the full 70 bucks to watch just the two of them play uh fight for sure yeah so Definitely. I think yeah even if it's just those two I'm 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 sold um uh, but uh you can, I don't I don't think you can just put one fight on TV like I don't, I don't think you can do that but I've, I don't either, I've, but like it's, it, there's a lot more obstacles when you, the more fights that you have on the card. I, if, if I had to bet, I would say that we get like a, a five fight main yeah. card type of fight. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that. I could see that happening. Just, just the main card and, and nothing after that. Um, yeah. It's so, it's so, it's so unusual to see something like that. Certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess I guess now the uh, we can talk about the the, the main event there. Uh, Kevin Lee's saying he's going to take a lot of time off. Um, he's obviously still young. He's 27. I, I was explaining this to a buddy of mine. I said it's kind of like a Darren Till type thing where you've fought for the title. You've made a name for yourself. Now to get easy fights to build your name back up again and get on a nice win streak, it's going to be difficult because you're just so well-known um, that you're only going to get difficult fights. Um, do you find like that's that's a situation Kevin Lee's in? Um, you, I mean, you saw with Darren Till, he fought for the title, lost two straight fights, and then they booked him against 
Calvin Gastelum, who's right. extremely dangerous. Um, and I think Kevin Lee's sort of in a weird spot where they're not going to match him up with some guy outside the top 15. It's only going to be real legit fighters. Um, but obviously now he's got good coaches around him, and I do think taking some time is the right move. Uh, I just don't know how long he's going to be out for. Um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, it's definitely an interesting case. Darren Till's a, a really good, um, you know, way to compare him. But, you know, there was, at least with Darren Till, it, you know, it was a, a quick knockout against Mazadal where it was like, you know, he gets he gets hit and then gets knocked out and he was changing weight classes. He had things going for him. I think Kevin Lee, if he is going to take some time off, go up to 170. I think like at this point, like if you're going to, or if you're going to take time off, like get like the next time Kevin Lee fights, the weight should not be an issue. Get yeah. get it controlled to where 155 is significantly easier, or just or just go up to to welterweight. And um, yeah, it's it's going to be tough for him to get an easy fight, and he hasn't, and he has. Con- uh, constantly said that he doesn't want easy fights, which makes it even harder for him in that regard as well. And another person who he's kind of in a similar situation to is, I would say, Anthony Pettis when he got booked with yep. Diego Fajeda, where it's like he's fighting a guy in Diego Fajeda who most people might not know, but like yeah. that's a monster. Like Diego yep. Fajeda is a monster, and it was a and it was a high risk, low reward fight for Pettis, and we saw how that happened, how that went down. And it's like, is Kevin Lee in that similar spot? I think he very well could be. Yeah. I also find like guys like, for example, Donald Cerrone, like right now he's on a three-fight losing streak, and he's been on these losing streaks in the past. He takes a step back, fights a couple of unranked fighters, gets four, five, six, seven wins in a row sometimes, and he's right back in there. And I think for guys who are on two, three-fight losing streaks, that may be the way to go. But like you said, you could find find himself in a situation like Anthony Pettis where you're fighting a killer that no one knows and he built the name off Pettis and now Pettis finds himself in a really weird spot um so yeah there's 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 definitely high risk to doing that it's just I I don't see Kevin Lee being able to pick up victories against the top 10 of the division um I think when he's on he he's capable um but he right now, uh, ever since uh, the the passing of his coach, he hasn't he hasn't looked like the same Kevin Lee that we saw against Michael Chiesa, for example. So I, I I'm not sure what the right move is for Kevin Lee, and I think uh, I forget who I matched him up with at uh, last weekend, but someone someone ripped on me for it, and no matter who I match people up with, someone's someone's ripping ripping me up for yeah. it. Um, That's which, the cost of doing business. Yeah, I mean, I only do it for fun, and the amount of people that are ripping on me, telling me not to do it anymore, I'm like, yo, I'm just doing. It. I don't get paid for this. This is just me having fun. I, um, I just, I just looked it up. You, you matched him up with Benil Dariush, which I think is a great fight. I think yeah. that, and that's the type of fight where we're talking about, where it's similar to the Pettis Fajeda fight, where that's a monster right there. And who at times Darius looks like a future contender sometimes when he fights. You know, other times he leaves, you know, you looking for a little bit more from him. But there's times where he looks like a flat out monster. And that's a tough fight for Kevin Lee. And that's kind of the fight that we're, you know, the, the t- same type of fight that we're describing. Yeah, exactly. Like Darius looked really impressive against uh, Drakkar Close. 
looked insane. He was rocked and then just went forward and knocked him out. So I thought that was insanely impressive. But then he's also had fights against Alexander Hernandez, who, I mean, no disrespect to Alexander Hernandez, but, I mean, it was his debut uh, to start, and he managed to beat Benil, but I think nine times out of ten, Benil wins that fight. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, Benil's looked incredible in some fights and not so great in others, and that very similar to Kevin Lee. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, th- I thought that ma- that matchup made sense. They were both on that card, or I think they fought two weeks apart or something like that. So uh, time-wise... Yeah, Darius was on the 248 card. Yeah, yeah. so I'm assuming time-wise, uh, neither one of them seemed to, to have much... Uh, I mean, Kevin Lee got choked out. It wasn't like he got knocked out. I don't think the, the timeline for his return, assuming he doesn't actually take a long layoff, I think... Injury wise, they should both be be matched up well. Like I think, I think the timing sh- should theoretically make sense. And they're both. Uh, I mean, I think where there are Benil's probably a, a win away from top fifteen, and Lee could rebound off that. Um, so I don't know. I thought I thought that matchup made sense at the time. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a lot easier to just say you're an idiot, you don't know anything, oh, than to yeah. actually put all that thought process into a, a matchmaking decision. Yeah. 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 There's a, I don't know. I, and I feel like there's, I've always like, it's something that has always interested me. It's like, Oh man, it'd be so fun. And I, why haven't the UFC done it? Um, but there's so much more to it, right? Like, are is one of them injured? Is one of them, uh, does not, can one of them not get a visa? And there's these, all these other little things that some people don't put into it, um, in the thought process before booking. Um, and another matchup, for example, I, after uh, Yoel lost to Adesanya, I said Yoel should take a step back and fight um, Omari Akhmedov. Uh, and people were ripping on me for that. Uh, and I, I get it. You know, Yoel is a, a monster. He's been, he's top five. He's legit. He's arguably his last three losses could, could have gone either way. Um, but he's losing. He lost three fights in a row. So I figured taking a step back and fighting Ahmedov would be a good idea. That being said, everyone disagrees with it. <laughs> so it's 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 hard it's hard to find a matchup that makes sense for a lot of these guys. And I don't know. I I enjoy doing it, but there is a lot of people who rip on me for <laughs> for mm. every matchup I make. Um, yeah. So I, I would not want to be a UFC matchmaker for that reason. Right. All right. Um, yeah. So, what? Uh, I guess. How long do you think this is gonna prolong? Like, do you think it's gonna be a two-month thing, three-month thing? Uh, I, I genuinely think it's gonna be a lot longer than uh, Dana White wants to admit. Yeah, I think that we might get two forty-nine. I think we might get two forty-nine. Um, do you think now, it'll be pushed, or do you think it's gonna happen on that date? I, I would put. I would say my feeling is like 60% we get we get it on April 18th. Um, cuz I think Dana White will do whatever it takes to make that fight happen on that date. Yeah. Does that mean that we're going to get a fight night card the next week? I, I don't remember which which card is next after that, but like does that mean that that card is going to happen? No. I I think it could be months and months before we see um we see the ufc every single weekend and at that point 
I'm very interested to see how they handle it. Like, let's say they're they're back in full swing in let's say July, right? Like, let's yeah. or July, August, whatever. And that's when the UFC's on every weekend now. Are how are they going to handle it? Are they going to book more cards on Fridays and? have like these double weekends type of thing where they have all these fighters. They're going to have a backlog of fighters who haven't fought in forever. There's going to be so many title fights that are going to have to take place. There's all of these things that are, that are occurring and you can't necessarily just make all these stacked cards because then the fighters at the, you know, at the bottom that, you know, you know, unranked fighters, early, yeah. early prelims types of fighters, like they're not going to fight for like a year. It's it's tough. It's it's really, really hard. So I think that we could have a situation where we're seeing the UFC on Friday and on Saturday for multiple weeks. I think that's entirely possible. Yeah, I also think similar to what they did with, I think, Jack Marshman was a Jack Marshman. Um, someone from this that was scheduled to fight last weekend fought on cage warriors yeah and i think that's a possibility as well like if you can't get a fight booked in said period of time or we can't get you on a card we'll allow you to fight on another or in another organization against another ufc fighter um obviously i don't think that's ideal for for the ufc but um i think i think dana has to offer them three fights a year i think is what uh, their contract says Right. Um, so if they can't offer every fighter on the roster, all 500 or whatever of them, th- at least three fights of the year, they're going to, they have to pay them, uh, their fight money. Um, and I'm pretty sure knowing Dana and knowing the UFC, they'd rather them fight somewhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, like, like you said, there's, they're going to have to double book or like they used to, I think previously they used to have an event in the States and then an event, event in Europe the same day as well uh fight nights um but yeah it's 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 unusual for for this to be out like and it's shutting down multiple states multiple venues so it's not even like they can move it um to other areas it's the entire world right now is is locked down um so i've i don't know how they're going to work work their way around it yeah and we might get we might get to a point where like a huge number, like a huge percentage of the world just has it. Like, it, like that's like very, I would say possible, but maybe, you know, looking a little bit more like that's a kind of like a doomsday uh, yeah. type of thing. But like if 80% of the world catches this thing are like, is it possible that we just say, okay, like just go back to living your normal life. Like this is just like part of life now. Like I don't, until they come up with some, some way to salt, uh, like some antidote or whatever, like, is that where we're headed? It's just, there's so many different possibilities. It's so hard to predict how, like what the outcome might be. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's unusual. Um, but I, I just can't wait for this thing to all, all go away. I, I mean, every Saturday night for the past five years, I've been watching UFC. Um, so yeah. not having that on Saturday nights is, is, is weird. Um, what, uh, how did you get involved? I guess like what, uh, was there a specific fight? I was having this conversation with a friend of mine last weekend and he's like, yeah, he, he just recently got involved. Uh, Connor was the guy that got him and into it. Um, I feel like a lot of people <laughs> got involved and started yeah. watching UFC because of Connor. Um, 
I got involved personally. I started. I fell in love with it with uh, when Rashad and uh, Rampage were coaching the Ultimate Fighter. That mm-hmm. was the uh, when I saw Rampage tear down that door. I was like, yeah. I got I'm all over this. Uh, Classic. Um, is there a specific fight that got you into it, or a specific fighter or event? No, you know, it, fighter. It was Chuck Liddell. Um, yeah. And I was, and I would say I was a very, very casual fan um, for for a long time, and then just I don't even, you know, Chuck Liddell got me into the sport, and then I'm, it, there wasn't like a necessary like a specific time or specific fight or anything where I just like realized like, wow, I'm watching this every weekend <laughs> now, like you know what I mean? Like it just kind of just kind of happened, and uh, but yeah, Chuck Liddell definitely got me into the sport. He was on like the best damn sports show and like all that kind of stuff. And he was everywhere. And then I hated Tito Ortiz as a kid because, you know, obviously yep, like that old stuff. Yeah. So it was, it was that kind of stuff. And then, you know, at a certain point, maybe, I don't know, seven years ago, when, whenever, who knows? It was just kind of like, wow, like I love this sport. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I got, I got hooked really quickly uh, like i made a spreadsheet a couple years ago where i have a list of every fighter that ever fought ever fought their records uh the, the events and the amount of people in attendance like it's all connected with formulas and wow it's uh, it's just a passion i have and i don't even know where it came from i don't i mean i i've didn't done a little jujitsu but i don't i don't do martial arts so i have no idea where this came from i I have no idea, but, uh, but yeah, no, it, uh, I don't know. It took over and, uh, that's literally all I think about when I'm not at work. And even when I'm at work, I'm thinking about it. So it's, it's definitely unusual, uh, for me to have this sort of passion. And a lot of my friends are like, they're like, why don't you come out? I'm like, got to work on my spreadsheet. Um, but, uh, but now it's, uh, it's definitely a weird passion, but, um, once you fall in love with a sport, I find everybody's hooked on it. Like once you're hooked on it, you either die hard or you're not into it at all. Uh, yeah, you're uh, you're either hardcore, you know, you're the C exactly. word. You know, yeah. people have love throwing that one around, but yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, well, uh, I mean, that's thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time to talk. I mean, it's first time for me, so uh, thanks for being pretty open and um, yeah, it was it was. Hard for me to get going at first, but I'm glad that we had a pretty good uh, conversation there, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to doing this. I want more people on. I want I want to hopefully get a couple of fighters on as well uh, once I get a little bit better at it, I guess, um, and uh, some more fans and and wh- whoever wants to talk about it, uh, anything related to UFC, I'm I'm always down to talk. Uh, so so appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, not a problem. Anytime, man. All right, well, uh, have a have a good one and uh, keep washing your hands, man. And uh, yeah, stay inside. Stay healthy. Yeah, stay inside. Don't get uh, don't go, don't go get infected or anything. And uh, stay safe. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right.